and welcome to the Dunkel Index Podcast for this Tuesday, May 11th edition. I'm Ben, and here with me, as always, is my dad, Bob Dunkel. Hey, Ben. Well, I think the theme of last night had to be no deal, no big deal. I mean, what do you <laughs> think, huh? Russ, I just kept on being Russ. Didn't matter that Bradley Beal wasn't there to be on the uh, receiving end of a number of his assists. Another triple-double, a new king in that category, well-earned, well-deserved. Russell Westbrook, and uh, great call last night on our player prop. Uh, I, I think he went over on every category. Uh, maybe rebounds, he was hovering right around the line, but certainly uh, blew through on the points front. So great call on that one. Yeah, uh, 13 is what he finished with, rebounds. I think it might have been 13 and a half it was set at, so... Uh, but still, very impressive game. Too bad he missed that shot at the end. And, uh, uh, you know, I think Beal would have been better off playing than being on Twitter and complaining about Steph Curry or whatever he's mad about. So, <laughs> Yes, the new rivalry in the NBA. Uh, Bradley Beal and Kent Bazemore, your old friend from Old Dominion, ODU. Uh, yeah, I guess they got into it a little bit. And, hey, I don't blame Bazemore for being with his guy. I thought... Beal showed a little thin skin on that one, but uh, always always good to have Twitter wars right now in the NBA. Always kind of fun. Um, and these guys were actually on there. They weren't burner accounts this time. So that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of refreshing. You actually get to know which players are on there in this fight. Yeah, good night for the index overall. Uh, nice three-and-one start to the week. Uh, we hit the prop with Russ and then... Split on our game picks, uh, ironically, the one I thought we probably would have the most challenge with, the San Antonio game. Uh, Spurs finally played great at home, blew out the Bucs. Uh, and then the Memphis game, uh, they unfortunately came up just short on covering. They only won by five with a nine-point line. So one and one there, and then we did win our baseball picks. So shall we get into today's action, see if we can keep the hot streak going? Yeah, let's get right to it, and we'll take a look at our first game. We've got Dallas at Memphis. Mavericks 40-28 and 28 this season. The Grizzlies 35-33 and 33 and uh, fighting for that play-in game. Line on this one is Dallas minus two on the road. So what do you think about that? Yeah, they're fighting for positioning in the play-in game, but the Grizz did uh, lock down at least a spot in the play-in. So we will get some postseason basketball out of Memphis this year. You know, the Grizz did let us down, though, last night, going into one of their patented offensive funks in the third quarter and failed down to cover down the stretch against a feisty Pels team. They ke- definitely kept on fighting. I saw Jackson Hayes. I think Jackson Hayes had been 3 of 18 coming in from three-point range, and he went 3 of 3 last night. So uh, New Orleans kept on fighting right until the end. Hats off to those guys. Uh, kept us from having a perfect record yesterday on the podcast. And call me persistent or foolish, but I'm actually going to go back to the well tonight with Memphis. Uh, You know, the Mavs certainly are peaking at the right times. Nothing against Dallas right now. They won four straight, seven of their last eight, and 10 of their last 12 to move up to fifth in the Western Conference standings. Uh, The one negative is I think Doncic is just one technical short now of having to sit out a game uh, by reaching that magic number. So he needs to watch it. And he did get a flagrant over the weekend with a a well-timed shot to Colin Sexton in an area you don't want to take a shot in. 
but uh, that doesn't count as a technical. So even though he was tossed from the game, no technical was given. So he's still a technical short. It's going to have to watch it, certainly going down the stretch here. Um, With just four games remaining in the regular season, Dallas can avoid the play-in games uh, with any combo of two Mavs wins and two Laker losses. And L.A. has the Knicks tonight. So they'll certainly be scoreboard watching as well. Uh, A key for Dallas, as it has been all season long, is finding some consistent scoring from someone not named Doncic or Porzingis. And with Porzingis still out with a knee injury, that emphasis has become even more pronounced recently. So the timing of Tim Hardaway Jr.'s hot streak has been perfect for Rick Carlisle. Uh, Over the last six games, Hardaway has been averaging 27 points while shooting a blistering 52.5% from beyond the arc. Uh, They're certainly going to need this kind of performance out of Hardaway if they want to go deep into the postseason. You know, but while the Mavs had it easy over the weekend with a pair of 20-plus point wins over the Cleveland Cavaliers, a road contest against the Grizz should be more challenging tonight. Despite the offensive struggles last night, Memphis did find a way to win for the third time in their last four games to, to, as I said, lock in that spot in the playing game and the return of Jaron Jackson Jr. Along with uh, big man uh, Jonas Valanciunas gives Memphis a really good size advantage, especially with the absence of Porzingis and Valanciunas uh, much like Hardaway is playing some really good ball right now. Last night he had 20 points, 11 boards and a season high five blocks. He became the first Memphis player to go 20, 10 and five while shooting at least 75% from the field. He's also recorded double-doubles in both the previous matchups against the Mavericks this season, including a 19-16 and combo when the two teams met in Memphis on April 14th. That game was a 114-113 nail-biter for the Mavericks, and we expect this one to be just as close tonight, but we're actually going to go with the underdog in this one, and that should suit the Grizz just fine. In hindsight, laying nine last night, probably too rich for Memphis. They're more accustomed to playing the role of the dog, and they play it very well. They're eight and one against the spread in their last nine as an underdog, and four and zero against the spread in their last four games as a home dog. So, we're going to take the dog here uh, for a money line upset, but certainly like getting the points as well. Give us Memphis plus two on this one. Okay. And we talked about uh, Memphis's surprisingly good record against the spread. I think Dallas's record is kind of equally surprising. They've got a great record straight up, but against the spread, they're very average, uh, 31 and 34. Yeah, they've really been up and down um, until recently. And I think that's a lot of it has been the trouble finding somebody other than Luca who can be a consistent option. So, uh, as I said, the Hardaway uh, hot streak really has timed well for Dallas. Uh, and if he can keep that going, Dallas can certainly pose problems uh, in the postseason, despite their uh, record ATS during the regular season. I think they are a different team if they get that kind of scoring from Hardaway from the outside. But look for Memphis to cause some problems. You know, they've got some size on the perimeter, Kyle Anderson is uh, is a mismatch problem. Um, and Morant did not have a great game last night. So I do look for Ja to bounce back 
with a better game tonight. So I think, you know, Dallas definitely took a a big advantage of Cleveland over the weekend. Cleveland's kind of checked out. I think this is going to be a much tougher contest for them tonight. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, Moving to our next game, we're going to look at Orlando versus Milwaukee. The Magic are 21 and 47. The Bucks are 43 and 25 now. And the line here is Bucks by 14 at home. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, while we're on the subject of teams that have checked out, let's go ahead and take a look at the Orlando Magic. You know, we're at the point in the NBA regular season, much like the end of the NFL regular season, where you see a fair number of these double-digit lines. And it's a combination of playoff contenders who still have something to play for, along with the also Rams, who have largely thrown in the towel. Uh, you know, they, this really does lead to a lot of these inflated lines. And we went against one of those lines last night with the Portland-Houston game and were rewarded. Uh, but whereas the Rockets are showing at least some signs of life while playing youngsters like Jay Sean Tate and Kenyon Martin Jr., you know, the Magic just can't seem to hit the exit fast enough. Steve Clifford's team lost by 36 to the struggling Celtics last Wednesday. And as an aside, uh, the Jalen Brown news couldn't come at a worse time for the Boston Celtics. Uh, it's going to be really tough for Boston going forward without him. Uh, but And then Orlando lost by 32 to the suddenly hot T-Wolves on Sunday. And this uh, record's not going to surprise anyone. They're 6-18 and 18 since the trade deadline when they unloaded Vucevic, Gordon, and Fournier. So, you know, you got the core of your team, especially on the offensive end of the court. Uh, it's not going to produce many victories, and it certainly hasn't. And unlike Houston, which has found some energy from some of its younger players, uh, Orlando just doesn't seem to have that. And they catch the Bucks in a grumpy mood following last night's 146-125 loss at San Antonio. Probably the shocker of the night. We were just hoping the Spurs could keep it below the seven-point line. Didn't expect a 21-point win out of San Antonio, especially with a losing record at home. And the setback for the Bucks dropped them a game behind the Nets for second in the East. But, but but with Brooklyn facing a tricky game tonight on the road in Chicago, they could erase that with a win against a team they've beaten six straight times already. So plenty to play for tonight for Milwaukee. And I'm sure they're looking forward to erasing that bad taste from last night. Uh, they've won both matchups this year against Orlando by an average of 29 and a half points. So they have not taken the uh, the foot off the gas when it comes to playing Orlando so far. And with a lot on the line tonight, don't see them doing that here either. Uh, Mike Boonholzer's team certainly will have it to clean up on the defensive end as they allowed uh, an average of 137.7 points over the last three games. All of a sudden, Milwaukee's defense, which was looking a lot better, has reverted back to form. Um, And last night against the Spurs, They allowed San Antonio to set a franchise record with 87 points in the first half alone. But Orlando's offense, even against a defense that's got a few holes in it right now, doesn't look like they can take advantage of the opportunity. They're 29th in scoring at 104.1 points per game, and they're dead last in offensive field goal percentage. So offense is definitely a challenge right now for Orlando. 
Bucks are four and one against the spread in their last five following a loss. So Budenholzer has done a good job of getting them to bounce back. And the magic doesn't matter if they're a favorite or an underdog. Uh, they just can't take advantage. Three, nine, and one right now in their last 13 against the spread as a dog. So uh, while there's some hesitance to lay big numbers, um, this one seems to uh, recommend going ahead and laying it. Bucks bouncing back from last night, hoping to catch the Nets in the playoffs chase in the East and uh, Orlando team that just looks like they can't find anybody who can score with any consistency. We'll take Milwaukee minus the points here. Okay. Normally this time of year I can watch anything, but this game might be my limit. I don't know if I can watch this one. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I think more uh, G League uh, matchups probably would have a lot more uh, going for it than than this one tonight. Um, unless you are a Bucks fan and just want to feel better about your team after last night, I think that's the only reason you would watch. If you're an Orlando fan, that you really don't want to watch. You just want to <laughs> hit the fast forward button and get this season over with as quickly as possible and head to the draft and see who you might get out of it. Yeah. Oh, you just reminded me. I do have RJ Hampton going in that one tonight. So maybe I'll watch a few minutes. He's been the one bright spot, I will say. Since they acquired him from Denver, he actually has been uh, scoring at a pretty good clip. But when you're relying on R.J. Hampton to carry the team, it's not a good sign. Yep. All right. Well, uh, injuries stacking up uh, all over the league. So we got another game that's kind of a mismatch, and that is Toronto versus the L.A. Clippers. And the Raptors have virtually nobody going tonight. Uh but who they do have left is Gary Trent Jr., and this guy is a scorer. So his over-under points total is only 19.5 tonight. I think uh, with the load all on his shoulders, he goes over and scores at least 20 in this one. I love it. When you came to me and said, hey, I think we're going to go Gary Trent Jr. tonight. I was like, oh, that's that's an interesting play. Okay. Um, you know, who's who's out tonight? And uh, look at the list. Siakam, out. Ananobi, out. Lowry out, Van Vliet out, even Rodney Hood is out tonight. So, uh, yeah, you're you're hard pressed to think who the heck is left. Uh, you know, it's going to be him and and DeAndre Bembry uh, sharing shots. I'll take Gary Trent Jr. in that equation any day of the week. Uh, certainly to get over nineteen and a half. I think he only had eighteen in his last game, but he put up 20 shots. He probably puts up closer to 30 tonight and I don't see him shooting at a bad clip again. I think that's a solid pick. He's the only scorer they've got. So uh, Gary Trent under, under a 20 right now uh, line. That sounds like a good value. Yeah, I think so. They're going to need him to be like 40% of their total scoring. So if he goes under uh, 19, we're looking at like a 60 point game for them. Yes, we are, which, uh, yeah, I, Clippers could certainly use that coming off of that Nick game over the weekend. But I don't know. Clips, Clips are just very frustrating across the board. Once again, starting to show signs of not being ready for prime time. That hot streak they had a couple weeks ago looks long gone. So, And this is a good opportunity for Trent Jr., who's uh, you know been moved this year, been out with some injuries. Uh, to kind of highlight and remind people what he can do. So even if L.A.'s playing well tonight, I think Trent Jr. takes advantage of this opportunity. Yep. 
All right, cool. Well, uh, that's it for our basketball. Should we move over to baseball? Yeah, let's move over to baseball. Um, You know, last night we took advantage of a division leader uh, with the San Francisco Giants and a fairly low money line to get a nice win there. So I thought we might take a look at another division leader tonight. How's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. Let's look at Oakland versus Boston. The A's are 21 and 15 this season. The Red Sox 22 and 14. For the A's, Chris Bassett's going. He's two and two so far. For the Red Sox, Nathan Eovaldi four and two. And the line in this one, Boston minus 125 at home. So, what do you think about that? Yeah, on this one, we actually get two division leaders. We get to pick which one uh, at. A pretty good price either way. Um, You know, the Red Sox lead the AL East by three games right now over the Yankees and Raids, and they have an MLB best 22 wins. So very surprising Boston turnaround here. And as we've taken advantage of them already this season on a couple of our picks, and uh, I think having Alex Cora back on the bench really means a lot there. But they've also had a fairly easy schedule Uh, out of the gate. They have yet to play some of the better AL teams. That's going to certainly change here tonight with Oakland coming to town. Oakland leads the AL West by two and a half games over the Astros and Mariners, and they've got a second best 21 wins. Uh, Red Sox have won four of their last five and five of their last seven, and Oakland's won two of its last three and five of its last eight. So both come in feeling pretty good about themselves right now. But while you would expect the home field to favor uh, the starting pitcher of the home team, that's not necessarily the case for Avaldi tonight. He's 2-0 with a 2.45 ERA in his two road starts this year, but he's just 2-2 with a 5.46 ERA in his five starts at Fenway. His last start was especially ugly as he gave up six runs on seven hits in a season-low four and a third innings to the last-place Tigers, who as a team – I think just inched above the Mendoza line. Uh, I mean, Detroit just cannot put together any kind of offense, and yet they got the Evaldi in his last start. And the A's don't look to afford him much of a break, uh, as he's just one and two with a 4.28 ERA in his seven career starts against Oakland. So he doesn't like to see the A's coming to town, especially with his struggles at Fenway. And Bob Melvin, the A's manager, is going to counter with Chris Bassett. After giving up three runs in his first start and four in his second, Bassett has definitely settled down, and he's allowed two runs in each of his last five starts. He's coming off his best start of the season last Wednesday when he went a season-high seven innings, gave up only six hits, and struck out seven against zero walks. Uh, The A's are 8-3 and in their last 11 road games. They actually... Uh, 8-4 overall, uh, been very tough on the road out of the gate. Uh, and they've done a very good job of jumping on the first game of a series. In fact, they're 7-1 in their last eight during game ones. The Red Sox are barely above 500 at home. They're just 10-9 and nine right now compared to a 12-5 and five road record. And they've been even worse against teams with uh, good teams, I should say. They're 15-39 and 39 in their last 54 home games versus a team with a winning record. So getting a uh, first-place division leader uh, at an underdog price, uh, especially with the Evaldi's struggles at home and against the A's, that looks like a pretty good value in our book. Uh, 
We're going to take Oakland with the upset here tonight to start off the series with the win against the Red Sox. Give us the Oakland in the plus money here. All right. Well, two upset alerts on this one. Two for Tuesday. Yes, it is. Taco two for Tuesday. Um, and uh, knock on, if, since it's baseball, we're going to go knock on Alex Wood <laughs> on this one that we've picked uh, an upset winner here. And, yeah, we've got uh, good upset in the NBA picks with the Memphis Grizzlies. So keeping it interesting for our Tuesday podcast. Awesome. Well, yeah, hopefully we got some good ones on there. Uh, Anything you want to say before we head out? Yeah, just check out uh, uh, all our picks at dunkleindex.com. Had a a very nice night in the NBA. Uh, Very happy with the Golden State pick over Utah. We actually had that as a money line upset and, Steph didn't have his usual hot night. He finished with 36, but his shooting percentage was down. But Golden State just showing some grittiness right now and pulled out that win. And we did hit our prop pick on on our preview page with uh, Bogey going over 23.5 for the Jazz as well. So make sure to check out uh, all our picks at the website, all free. And thanks to everybody for listening today. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back uh, later this week. Sounds good, Ben. Thanks. All right. See ya.